Hello and welcome to the Pack Mag Parents Podcast, your place to laugh and learn. Everything we do is to make the lives of everyday parents easier. Without further ado, let's welcome our hostess with the mostess, Bree James. Welcome to the Pack Mag Parents Podcast, a place for parents to laugh, learn, and maybe, you know, connect with their children just for a moment and they can listen to this episode together. Uh, well, in today's episode, I do have the pleasure of chatting with Dr. Justin Colson again about what to do if your child acts out. So whether it be drawing on the walls, throwing a tantrum in public, or rebelling against family rules, when a child acts out, it is hard for parents to pinpoint exactly what went wrong. So Dr. Justin, he's incredible. I'm going to tell you a little bit about him. He is an author of six books, six parenting books. So he's got a lot of advice in there. Uh, And he's also a father to six beautiful daughters. He's based in Queensland, Australia. And after working in radio, he returned to school in his late 20s and earned his psychology degree from the University of Queensland and later his PhD in psychology from the University of Wollongong. Since he has written multiple peer-reviewed journal articles as well as several books and e-books about parenting, uh, and he also has a fantastic blog on his website, which was filled with easy-to-digest information about a range of topics that any parent can find advice on. But he's going to help us today to work out what to do when your child acts out. So let's get him on Zoom, Dr. Justin Coulson. It's time to get to class. So tell me, what is acting out? Because kids do it a lot. I don't know um, if it's just my household, but my children are acting out a lot, especially right now. Mm. So this is a really tricky one to answer. And the answer that I'm going to give you is not going to be popular, but it is provocative. From my perspective, acting out is generally when a child behaves in a way that a parent doesn't approve of. In other words, a child may be acting in a way that is perfectly sensible and perfectly reasonable for them based on who they are, what they are, what's going on in their life and how they're feeling. But if the person with the power, that is the parent, disapproves of the child's behaviour, then the parent calls it acting out or being naughty or one of those kinds of ideas. Ultimately, what we're dealing with is parental disapproval being labelled as I'm blaming my child for the way that I feel. Now, it is true that our children can behave in ways that we find challenging but that's not necessarily on the child. Now, I want to be really clear about this as well. Sometimes it is. Sometimes the kids are just pushing buttons and boundaries. But if we stop for long enough to question why, what we'll usually find is that there's something that we could have done or there's a way that we could have understood them better so that this situation wouldn't have occurred in the first place. Like I said, not a popular answer, but certainly provocative. Which... You know, I agree, like they're usually after attention of some way, shape or form, whether it's negative or positive attention. I've got one, I'll call him spirited child, um, who's definitely um, after attention a lot. So I guess, you know, when it goes negative, though, and they are acting out, it is in a negative way. What are the causes, do you think? Before I answer the question about what the causes are, and I'll make a note here so that I don't forget to come back to it, I want to pick up on a couple of things that you've said because totally normal response, exactly what I would expect you to say. But you've highlighted that sometimes they're after positive attention, but they'll sometimes just be after negative attention. In other words, they're just after attention. And what I hear happen a lot is parents will say to their kids, 
well, if you're going to just be an attention seeker, I'll ignore you. Parents will say to their kids or parents will say to one another, oh, look, they're just doing it for attention. And there's this sense that if our children are asking for our attention, well, that's the last thing we should give them, especially if they're going to ask for it so impolitely, so abruptly, so rudely, so, well, you know, in, in such an acting out way. My response to parents when they say that is exactly the opposite. My, my response is, if they're asking for attention, give it to them. <laughs> they need attention. Like you think about it, Brie, you're, you're, you're married, right? You've got a husband who you, you, you love dearly. And, and, and when he's asking for attention, even if you don't necessarily like the way he's asked for it, do you ever look at him and say, oh, now you're just asking for attention. How dare you? I'm not going to give you any attention. If you're going to ask for attention like that, I'm just going to ignore you. In fact, go to your room and think about the way you just asked me for attention. Like we would never do that to an adult. Yes. And yet we think that it's okay because we disapprove of the way our children are behaving. We've got all the power. We think that it's okay to do that to them. And I just, our kids want attention. In fact, I've, I've heard other people say it. I can't remember how they say it. I know I've got a way of saying it as well. And, and, and my way of saying it is they're not attention seeking, they're connection seeking. Yes. And, and so what we're actually saying is I'm not going to give them any attention. What we're really saying is I'm not going to give them any connection. So I want to define what I mean by this, and I'm going to lean heavily on Brené Brown, who everybody loves, so I'm, I'm pretty safe around here. Brené Brown says that connection is feeling seen, heard, and valued. So if our child is, and I'm going to use air quotes here, acting out, that is, if our child is behaving in a way that we're finding challenging, and so we're going to label it that they're behaving in a way that, you know, that they're, they're, there's a problem with their behaviour. What I'm suggesting is that they're seeking our attention. That is, they're actually seeking connection. That is, they're saying, would you please see me? Would you please hear me? <laughs> would you please value me for being a person? in your world, the person that you're supposed to love because you brought me into the world and I, I was, I'm relying on you for all my comfort and all my security and all my everything that I need so that I can do well as a human. I need from you. And right now I need connection. I need to be seen, heard and valued. And I'm not getting it from you. And therefore I'm going to act in a way that you don't like because uh, I just need it. I, I spoke to a mum one time. She called her, oh, yeah, that's soggy chip syndrome. I said, what do you mean soggy chips? And she said, well, you know, when you go to the, the fish and chip shop and you buy your, your, your fish and chips, and if you get those chips nice and early, they're crisp and they, they're, you know, they're just so good. They're delightful. But every now and again, you get in the car and everyone's been to the fish and chip shop and they hand you the leftovers and say, oh, we, we didn't eat it all. We saved you some. And you put your hand in there and, and the chip packet and the chips are all soggy. But because they smell so good, you think to yourself, you know what? I don't care. I'm eating them anyway. And it's not until you put that soggy chip into your mouth and, and it's, it's, it's a bit mushy and it's a bit humid and, you know, all the condensation has made it go a bit bleh, soggy chips. And you think after you've had two or three, oh, these are disgusting. I can't believe I'm eating them. The difference between the hot crispy chips and the cold soggy chips is enormous. But the craving for chips is so great that we're just going to have chips no matter what. And then we regret it. It's the same with our kids. Positive attention, negative attention. Uh, they just want... They just want attention. And then they're not differentiating. Obviously, the negative attention feels horrible after the fact, but they just want to be seen, heard, and valued. They want that connection, and they'll take it however they can get it. So I, I just wanted to sort of highlight that, that issue, Brie, before we move on to that second question. Yeah, look, and I totally agree. It's, uh, you know, many parents do fall into that 
strict negative thinking about, you know, oh, my child just wants my attention all the time. But I think, you know, I found best is when you actually do stop, you go, well, they want my attention. If I give it to them for five minutes right now and stop what I'm doing completely and give them 100% my focus, usually that's, you know, then they're off doing their own thing again. So it's- And you said five minutes, but usually it's less than that. I remember one time, one of my kids, she was like two or three and I was in the kitchen, I'm cooking and doing my thing. And she's sort of around my ankles, around my legs. Uh, Oh, by the way, I love the phrase, if your kids are in your arms, they can't possibly be underfoot. Oh, is that gorgeous? But she's at my feet and she's, you know, I'm treading on her while I'm trying to cook the dinner and all that kind of thing. And finally I looked down at her and I said, Abby, what do you want? Because she was trying to get my attention, but I was too distracted. I was too busy doing important things, right? And I used the word important in inverted commas, in, in air quotes. Uh, and, and, and I said, Abby, what do you want? And she looked up at me. Here's this little three-year-old. She looks up at me and she says, I love you, dad. Oh. And then she gets off into the living room. Like she was, she was in the way. She was driving me bonkers, but she just wanted to tell me that she loved me. Yeah. It's not five minutes. It was five seconds. Yeah. So I, I think that it's just important to highlight that if our kids are acting out, they're not. They're just acting the way they are because they need something from us. And our job is to not ignore them and not criticize them and get mad at them and be angry at them. Our job is to look look at them with some compassion, some humanity and say, you seem to be having a hard time. Let's yeah. let's make sure this, that things are okay. Now, your next question was what causes them to act out? Well, I reckon number one is they feel lonely. They feel disconnected. They, they have a need and they don't know how to satisfy that need themselves because they're kids, right? They're not grown-ups. They rely on us to satisfy that need. Uh, I've identified five central triggers that tend to lead to challenging behaviours in children. That is behaviours that we would prefer that they not engage in and we've got the power so we can stop it. And the triggers uh, can be remembered with the acronym H-A-L-T-S. So, you know, like if you're in Germany and the police officer stops you from going through the intersection, he halts you. So H is for hungry. Kids tend to act out when they're hungry. A is for angry, L is for lonely, and when I say lonely, that goes back to that whole connection thing, right? You can be in the same room as somebody and still feel lonely because they're not seeing you, they're not hearing you, they're not valuing you. T is for tired, hello, <laughs> and, and S is for stressed. Now, there are other things as well that are going to lead to, you know, challenges, uh, but, but those those five categories kind of cover everything off. So let's say the kids are fighting with each other. Well, maybe together they're both hungry and tired and angry and feeling disconnected. Or maybe the big brother is stressing out the little sister. You, you, do you know what I mean? Like you can pretty much take any category of challenge and put it into one of those five things. They're either hungry, they're angry, they're lonely, they're tired, or they're stressed. If they're any of those five things, our job is to not get them in trouble for being hungry, angry, lonely, tired, or stressed. Our job is to say, are you hungry? Do you need something? Are you tired? Do you want to come and have a rest? Are you angry? Help me to understand what's upset you so much. Oh, your sister did. All right. (laughs) Come and give me a hug and let's see if we can work out how to fix this. If you're lonely, well, let me connect with you. If you're stressed, well, let me understand a little better. That's that they're what the causes are and that's i think the best approach to help them to work through them i love it holtz very very yeah but it gives you something to think about with with your parenting but i know for me personally it's a lot between the siblings but that's a whole different topic sibling rivalry because that's when they're acting out with each other yeah. and that's for hours about that it's <laughs> it's actually as a parent it's one of your biggest pet peeves right because you 
you just love these kids so much and then they're treating each other so badly. And, and what's ironic then is we step in and say, don't you dare treat each other that badly. And then we treat them badly, treating each other badly. I know. <laughs> it's, it's a terrible irony. We need to do better as parents. We need to be so much more intentional about what we're doing. I agree 100% because even if your child isn't acting out towards you, they're acting out with each other. And I think that's the, the hard one to manage, but we'll save that topic for another day because this is about, you know, when they're acting out with you as a parent. So how do you address it then? Because you gave us some really great tips um, then, but, you know, obviously, you know, you can understand and you gave us some great practical advice leading into it. But what if it has, you know, gone a bit too far? What are some advice? What's some advice there to address it? Um, well, there's a couple of important things to highlight. First of all, let's talk about the, the very extreme end and then we'll come back to the everyday end. Okay, so every every now and again, I'll talk with a parent who's dealing with a child who's developing atypically. Uh, maybe they've received some sort of a diagnosis. Maybe they've been raised in an environment that is uh, unsafe and they participate in unsafe behaviours themselves as a result. In those circumstances, what I would actually do is I'd suggest that you go and get uh, help from a mental health professional or a medical professional somebody who can guide you and assist you in those circumstances. I want to highlight that these issues are very real and they shouldn't be discounted. Uh, you know, you might also have a kid who's just really shy or really um, anxious. You could have a child who uh, doesn't sleep particularly well or has some dietary needs or is, uh, you know, just so physically engaged in life that every now and again they're tired and cranky. And, and we also need to remember moving away from the medical and um, psychological sort of thing, coming back to the kids who are developing on a fairly typical schedule, we need to remember that kids have bad days and that's okay. Like sometimes sometimes you just need to look at your kids and say, you're having a really, really rough day today, aren't you? That's okay. We all have rough days. Just doing that calms them down. Just doing that helps them to feel like they're a human being having a normal human experience. And I think we, sometimes we just expect too much of them. Uh, we have lousy days and we really like it when somebody is patient with us on those lousy days. We, we like to be able to just be left alone sometimes. So I reckon they're, they're probably the main things that I would say. Beyond that, how else do you address it? Well, the, the best research seems to suggest that we address it gently and kindly. That's what builds resilience. That's what helps kids know that they matter. That helps them feel seen, heard, and valued. And that also leads them most quickly to finding solutions for themselves rather than relying on us to be the police judge and jury all the time. Mm -hmm. What I mean by that is if the kids are behaving in a way that we're going to, again, in inverted commas, called acting out, our job is to say, you seem to be really having a hard time and actually explore their perspective. I have a bunch of phrases that I just talk about to describe this. We explore rather than explode. We understand, not reprimand. We get curious, not furious. In other words, if we're going to address it well, we need to be in control of ourselves. Mm. Because if we are not in control of ourselves, if we're reactive, if we blow our top, if we say, oh, for goodness sakes, you kids are driving me up the wall. You're killing me. I can't take it anymore. Uh, that is not usually going to be a constructive way to fix things. We're just using our power and then we're going to banish them to their rooms for some forced isolation that doesn't teach them anything. All it does is make them think that we're not trustworthy, we don't care about them, and uh, they'll be much sneakier next time. So what we need to do instead is we need to get control of ourselves, take a deep breath and work out, what am I actually trying to do here? Am I trying to help? Am I trying to hurt? 
And if I'm genuinely trying to help, the best thing to do is see the world through their eyes, stand in their shoes. We explore, we get curious. We say, you seem to be having a really tough time. I'm here. Talk to me about it. Help me to understand. And we keep asking questions until we don't just understand it in our heads, we understand it in our hearts. We remember what it's like to be seven or three or 16 and have those frustrations and difficulties. Once we're at that point, then we might gently explain, well, you know what our expectations are, don't you? And then we empower them. We say, all right, well, what do you think we should do? How, how do we fix this? What would be the best way forward? In other words, we don't solve the problem. We rely on them to do it because the answers are inside them. We just need to help them to calm down, turn off that emotional brain and turn their thinking brain back on so that they can work out the best solution. And they, they usually know the best solution. They don't actually need us to do it unless they're very, very little and then we can gently guide them. Mm, I love it. You make it sound so, um, well, simplistic, but also so like, of course, that's what we should be doing as parents. So, yeah, it's amazing um last question for you so what if they're acting out at school um or with other peers and things like that and you're getting you know issues like that they're perfectly you know they're perfect at home or acting out in school or vice versa they're perfect at school and then but at home they're acting out what about with that so again i'm going to suggest that they're not acting out what they're doing is pleading for help mm. and our job is to step into a an understanding role now, some parents hear me talk about this and they think that I'm saying, oh, you know, the kids can do whatever they want. They can get away with anything. And that's not what I'm saying at all. Uh, this isn't about raising the white flag and uh, just giving up. Uh, and it's not about saying, oh, you seem to be having a hard time. I'm here to facilitate uh, whatever it is that you need. That's not what it's about either. What it's about is saying, we're dealing with some problems at the moment. You're having a really rough time. Help me to understand why you're having a rough time so that we can work out a solution because what's happening right now is not acceptable. In other words, this is a very clear limit setting process. This is a very clear um, indication that the quote unquote acting out is an inadequate response to the challenges that they're experiencing. And our job is not to judge them for it or be angry at them for it. Our job is to guide them to better ways of behaving when they're feeling lousy. Ultimately, if you feel lousy, you're going to act lousy. So our job is to tap into the feelings, work out where they're coming from, and then help our children to find more effective ways to experience those feelings so that they don't feel so bad, so they don't act so bad. If we can help them to feel a little bit better, then they're going to act a little bit better. Perfect note to end on today. Thank you so much, as always, for sharing so many nuggets of gold. You always have so... I need to like, I have to listen to this podcast several times. So thank you so much for everything as per usual. Very, always a pleasure. Thanks for reaching out and having a chat. If you're loving the Pack Mag Parenting Podcast, then you'll love our other channels. Follow Pack Mag on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest. It's a wrap. What did we learn on today's show? Well, well, as always, parenting expert Justin Colson from happyfamilies.com.au has given us some great advice to take on board when it comes to navigating our children's challenging behaviors. 
It has totally reshaped how I feel about what I used to call acting out with my child. And it's reminded me that they are all young humans seeking the same thing, which we all are, which is connection. So there was a lot to take away from this discussion. You may want to listen a few times to really get it all. But some powerful takeaways that hit me were, number one, if your child's are asking for your attention, give it to them. They're not attention seeking, they are connection seeking. So connection is feeling seen, heard and valued. And when they are feeling those things and when they are seeking our attention, they are really seeking connection. So they're asking us to see, hear and value them. So that's what they need. Uh, He also introduced the HALTS acronym for triggers for challenging behaviors. Uh, Most challenging behaviors come back to these five things, which is H for hungry, A for angry, L for lonely, T for tired or S for stressed. So we need to remember that kids have bad days and that's okay because research has suggested that the best way to address these behaviors is gently and kindly. In Justin's words, which was explore rather than explode, understand, not reprimand, get curious, not furious. I love it. Remember, our job as parents is not to judge them or get angry at them for it. Our job is to guide them to better ways of behaving when they're feeling lousy. So to quote Justin, ultimately, if you feel lousy, you're going to act lousy. So if we as parents can help them tap into those feelings, work out where they're coming from, and then help them find more effective ways to experience those feelings, you're going to have less of your child acting out. Well, that's the end of the show. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed putting it together for you. I thank you so much, Dr. Justin Colson, for coming onto the show again. I always love our conversations. Uh, Remember, any important links can be found in the show notes. But enjoy. Until next time, happy parenting. And don't forget to tell everyone you heard it on PacMag. Thanks for listening to today's show. If you want to be an expert guest or you've got a weird, wacky or wonderful product to share, don't be shy. Get in contact with our team at info at pacmag.com.au. This podcast is proudly produced by PacMag. You can listen to more episodes on our website, pacmag.com.au.